There is no other podcast like this, so proceed with caution as we challenge your beliefs by providing the forbidden information kept away from you and your family by modern medicine so they can keep you on the path of drugs for anything and drugs for everything. Hundreds of years of preventative medical wisdom have been dismantled by Big Pharma. We are truly in the dark ages of healing. After all, it's not just about living long. It's about living well. If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. Seek the truth with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Jack. And Mary. And this is Episode 80, The 10 Most Dangerous Drugs, Part 2. Kind of ran out of time last Boy, week. Boy, did we ever. So we're going to try and get through this a little bit faster. But I, we just want to make sure you all know that you all should have received your username and password to get on our new Forbidden website. There are over 700-plus Forbidden Protocols in our new systems library on our website. So you're able to treat yourself now. You can go there, type in a symptom, and a protocol will pop up for that symptom. But we do want you to consult with your doctor of choice before starting some of these. But make sure you go sign in and have fun on our website as soon as possible. We will constantly be having some new specials and new articles added to this, and even new protocols. This is going to make you the forbidden doctor. Now, I'm not the forbidden doctor. Mary's not the forbidden doctor. The forbidden doctor is that doctor inside your body. It built your body. It runs your body. It knows how to heal your body. It just needs the help to do so. And it's really hard to eat right nowadays. It's hard for anybody to. So you need to supplement, You, but only with, not synthetic, but only with whole food supplements, because these are foods you can't get in your diet. I mean, who's going to eat adrenal? Who's going to eat liver anymore? Who's going to eat liver? Who's going to eat the right fats? Yes. Who's going to eat whole food vitamin C? So you need to supplement. So these, these supplements are listed two ways on our website now, alphabetically and in groups. I'm excuse me, not the supplements, but the protocols are listed alphabetically and in groups of symptoms. So it's pretty easy to find. You can also just type in your symptom and it will pop up with a protocol to help support you nutritionally. It does not treat the disease or the the um, symptom or whatever you're experiencing. It helps support Right. Most you. of these 700 plus maladies are related to some kind of nutritional deficiency. And mm-hmm. that's what these protocols are designed to do is to provide nutritional support for your body to take care of itself. Now, if you're not already a patient of our clinic, and I'm not just talking about people who come in the door for us to take care of, we are offering at a distance health care. That's the new terminology out there, at a distance health care. But we need some information about you. And that is what the symptom survey is about. And through using the symptom survey, which is no cost right now, there's still no cost, you will get a username and a password to get into the inner sanctum of the website. And you also get a free personalized protocol Oh yeah, just for you. Yeah. And up, uh, all the way up through that point, there is no cost, no obligation. So you go to ForbiddenDoctor.com and if it says take the survey. If you're not already a patient, take the survey. Now, what does that mean, take the, the patient? It just creates a doctor-patient relationship under HIPAA guidelines. 
that lets us discuss with you at your convenience questions that you might have regarding your current health profile. That's all. And allows you to get into the inner sanctum of our website, which you can't get into without a username and password. And so you know we have a regular weekly feature, Forbidden Secrets They Don't Want You to Know. These are the secret things they keep from you, the dumb things they tell you. And we covered several of those last podcast. And the really important things they know nothing about. And as usual, we move into a podcast after we give you a few of those things. But today, it's all those things. Yes, our entire podcast will be our weekly feature. So before that, there's five reasons that you should never take the drugs we're about to tell you. (laughs) And these are the things you should tell your physician who is prescribing you these drugs. You take this information and give it to them. If they're an honest healer, they will give deep consideration to what you're telling them. If they're just a glorified drug pusher, they're going to tell you, if you don't do what I tell you to do, you can go see somebody else. Yeah. That's when you know you're not in the healer office. You're in a drug pushing office. So those five reasons. Number one, remember this. This is If you don't remember anything, remember this. Drugs do not make you healthy. You cannot drug yourself into health. And this is where I said last week, I asked the eternal question, has the entire world gone stark raving mad? Thinking that somehow you are living better chemically. When people stop their drugs, they're no healthier. How do we know that? What happens when they stop the drug? It hasn't healed anything. The symptom returns. Well, the symptom, yes, Yes, of course. The symptom returns. So what do the drugs do? They tie up, they bind, they gag. And they cover up. The symptom, but you're no better. Also, drugs are synthetic chemicals that actually work against your body because they cover up some serious dysfunction and the foundational problem is never addressed. Number three, all drugs have bad side effects. Every force has an opposite and equal reaction. So when you chemically force the body to do something, there's going to be some side effects. Yeah. No nope. drugs nope. are safe. No. And then, but, but this drug was approved by the FDA. Drug approvals are meaningless. No, they only have to be 7% effective to get clearance in the first place. And the past editor of the New England Journal of Medicine said that she cannot trust medical studies anymore because they are all paid and bought. Yeah. And number five, most diseases are not really diseases. They classify them as diseases so they can produce a standard of care which ties the hands of the doctors even more. They have to follow the standard of care, and the standard of care is almost always drugs or surgery. Yeah, a good example of that is chemotherapy. Yeah. Chemotherapy only works on about four or five different kinds of cancers. All the other cancers, chemotherapy does not work on, but it's the standard of care, and they have to do it. Yeah, they'll lose their license if they don't. Their hands are actually tied more than ours are, truly. And we just offer nutritional support. But they have to follow the standards of care. And this is why pharmaceutical drugs have officially been declared the third leading cause of death in America today. So we gave you five last week. We're going to pick up with number six this week. Ooh, this is one of my favorites. HRT. Hormone replacement therapy. Now, I could talk for the next hour about this because that's mostly what I see in, my, in the patients that I see in our clinic are women that have gotten on hormone replacement therapy. Yes. And the sad thing is, is they always brightly tell me with this big smile, these are bioidentical. 
bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, we have to admit, is a little less dangerous than direct synthetics synthetics Mm -hmm. that they can use. And they're compounded just for me. That's what they say, too. So we've talked about this kind of ad nauseum in other podcasts, so I'm not going to go into it as as in-depth as, as we have before. But the big one is Synthroid yes. or Levothyroxine, which are synthetic forms of the thyroid hormone. Yes, There's better ones that are more natural, Armour, Armour Thyroid, which they get from a pig, but people don't like getting things from animals. And so they, and they also can't control the... Um, dosage. Dosage as yep. well as a synthroid. I mean, as a synthetic Then there's hormone. the estrogen and progesterone parts of hormone replacement that are usually acquired out of horse urine. They filter it out of horse mm-hmm. urine. They keep a uh, female, well, obviously a female horse, uh, in a certain um, endocrine-controlled condition. So she produces plenty of estrogen, progesterone. Uh, it's extracted from that. And then there are the synthetic forms as well. Yeah, and then the men that get on testosterone, and um, I have men that are on all kinds of different hormones, but um, a lot of adrenal hormone, but testosterone is the biggest one for them, and that is very dangerous because it's like taking cocaine. I mean, it just builds your... Oh, but your, they love it. I know, they it builds your it. muscles. Their fat goes down. It makes you feel like a man and go out and kill something, you know? It's just, it, it gives you motivation, but... With all of these hormones, hormones are the most powerful thing in the world. One little hormone makes a boy a boy and a girl a girl. So when doctors found they could give, literally have you eat hormones, it had profound effects, but it didn't heal. It didn't heal the reason why you're not producing your own hormones. We went into this a lot on the menopause podcast we Mm -hmm. did. I don't remember what number that is, but it's a few podcasts back. But you should be producing your own hormones. Um, Your body is this beautiful orchestra. And, you know, the doctors come in and take one slice out of time and say, oh, you're low in in progesterone. Oh, you're low. Your testosterone is so low. Oh, we just got to give you some to balance it out. I mean, are they not thinking at all? Well, there's all these feedback mechanisms there are positive and negative feedback mechanisms in the nervous system that are monitoring all these things going through the blood. And when you throw the body a curveball by putting a lot of these extra hormones into the body that the brain didn't tell it to do, the brain has to adjust other hormone levels to try to deal with the curveball you just sent it. And it can lead to problems. Like one of the, uh, for HRT itself, one of the primary problems of that is the risk of deep vein clots in the legs, what's known as deep vein thrombosis, and the blood clots in the lungs, the pulmonary embolus, uh, can go up 2 to 300% over somebody who's not doing this. Wow. Now, and women with a personal or family history of these kinds of blood clots should make sure that the doctor you are visiting knows these things before yeah. they start giving you hormone replacement therapy. Another kind is uterine cancer. Um, women who still have their uterus and they're getting estrogen alone are at great risk for endometrial cancer. And progestin, 
protects, protects against it. But then there's a particular reason why women with a uterus cannot take some forms of progestin or progesterone, excuse me. And so the doctor will take tissue samples from the uterus to find out, you know, if the cancer started to grow while she's on estrogen. And, you know, it it's just crazy making it's crazy making. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the the studies, they had to stop the, the hormone replacement. Well, the breast cancer that caused breast cancer. Yeah. So especially, well, though the increase uh, in risk was, uh, you know, a certain percentage of the group, the Women's Health Initiative, which is a very reliable, large study of hormone therapy in menopausal women, said that there would be a certain increase in the number of people who took hormone therapy compared to the women who were taking the placebo pill. And so they stopped the study. They had to stop the study because those who were on hormone replacement therapy were having a greater incidence of cancer than the, than the control group who wasn't on HRT. So they finally stopped it. And yet there is a study which Standard Process is now prohibited from handing out to us as clinicians. We have to go find it on our own now. They used to hand it out. But just last year, they came in and said, Standard Process cannot hand out these studies anymore. And one was done on women that had had breast cancer. And they took three um, standard processes, cruciferous complete, and it dropped their chances of getting breast cancer by 500%. Yes. No, that, no other change that, was made to the diet. That should have been on CNN for months. You never heard that study because they probably barely got the money to do the study. They probably... And it's independent. Standard Process didn't do no, the study. An independent group the, in Atlanta did it. Not unlike all the pharmaceuticals that do their own studies and say, hey, this is great. Well, Standard Process didn't do this study. They just used Standard Process's product. And the way the FDA works now is it used to be go out and prove this thing is safe, then come back and give us your figures, and then we'll decide what we want to do. Now it's, well, go ahead and try it, and if there's side effects, let us know, and then we'll decide if we want to keep it going. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. That's really how the product works. Well, and how cruciferous helps is that it clean it helps clean out your liver. It takes your liver through phase one and phase two of liver detox, specifically phase two, where your liver takes a toxin and makes it fat soluble or water soluble, so you can get it out your colon or out your bladder. So it cleans out the excess estrogen in your liver. So that's that's kind of the mechanism of action that we know that cruciferous vegetables do this and so it dropped their chances yes. of getting breast cancer. What a simple thing. What a simple simple thing with no side effects whatsoever. Unbelievable and you don't even know about that. But all you out in Forbidden Doctor Radio Land or for Podcast Land now know about taking 3 cruciferous complete a day can drop your chances of getting breast cancer. A second time by 500%. Yeah. Another side effect of uh, hormone therapy is heart disease. Uh, hormone therapy is clearly shown to increase the risk of heart attacks in women, especially those who've already had some kind of a heart event take place. Wow. As well as in women who have no known heart disease. Wow. And the hormone therapy does not prevent heart attack based on the recent research from the Women's Health Initiative. My goodness. And then, of course, there's the abnormal vaginal bleeding, 
where for whatever reason they were prescribed hormone therapy, suddenly they're starting to get spotting or actually some excessively heavy or long duration bleeding that starts taking place. Then you got to keep going back, and then you, if you stay on it, you got to keep going in for tissue biopsy oh. of the uterus to make sure that something really, really bad isn't happening. But I would think all the bleeding after you're after you've stopped through menopause would be reason enough. And then the last one we wanted to mention is stroke, Hormo- HRT, hormone replacement therapy, can slightly, but it does increase the risk of of stroke again in the Women's Health Initiative where. It's, Thousands, ten, I think it was 10,000 women were being studied in this one group uh, where they were looking at the possibility of increased breast cancer, increased heart disease. They found out that there was an increase in stroke. Yeah, so why, up, why M put, a, could a, put a cog in the wheel of this beautiful orchestra of your endocrine system? And, you know, the endocrine system is so incredible because even if you do throw all these hormones at it, it will still try to balance itself out. That's what's so incredible. incredible. But the one scary thing is, especially with the thyroid hormone supplementation, is that it will, your own thyroid will atrophy. If the brain picks up all this extra, even though it's synthetic, Mm -hmm. thyroxin floating through the bloodstream, it tells the hypothalamus to tell the pituitary to slow down, if not stop the production of thyroxin and the tissue of the thyroid literally can atrophy. Yeah. Thyroid stimulating hormone will not be produced because you don't need it and your own thyroid will atrophy. I had I had a woman that had been on thyroid hormone since 1953 and she came to me saying, I really want to get off this drug. Well, she called it a drug, but it's really a hormone. And um, I, I, I said, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think your thyroid will not kick back into gear. And I'm telling you, Women, I, I haven't really had anybody that will do exactly what I want them to do for the amount that I want them to do it. But anybody that's been on thyroid hormone for over 10 years, I don't know that their thyroid's yeah. going to kick back in. Five years, I've had women get off the, the um, hormone. But 10 years, I don't know, it's pretty hard. So I'm just, I, I um. It's it's so sad, people that come in, and I tell them, please don't go on HRT. And they just talk, go to the doctors, and they just get talked into it. They just say, it's natural, it's hormones, it's, we're they, not supposed they to... May, they may have some bone loss, they may have vaginal dryness that makes sex painful, uh, other kinds of changes, and so their doctor will say, hey, there's a cure for this, there's an easy way to yeah. deal with this, and we're going to flood you with these synthetic hormones and turn you into a young girl again. Yeah. <laughs> and it does work for a time, but it upsets so m- I don't know that it works, but it, it causes a reaction like the testosterone. These guys just feel great with this testosterone, and then they crash. So what would you suggest they use instead? Well, our ageless thyroid is what we created for this very problem because I took all these different supplements to rebuild the HPA access, to relink up the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access, and there are, there are a lot of supplements. And so we created a product called Ageless Thyroid that is basically all of these supplements in one except for the oils. You still need to take good oils to feed the endocrine system. But ageless thyroid and good oils, in my opinion, can really rebuild 
a yeah it, it addresses the nutritional system. deficiencies that have led to the problem in the first place yeah and i've had so many people tell us they will not give up ageless thyroid for anything yeah. that one lady said you'll have to take it out of my cold dead hands <laughs> Because it loops the whole endocrine system back together. All right. The next one. High blood pressure yes. drugs. I went looked up. I, I tried to put in a couple of high blood pressure drugs or a couple of drugs names on each one of these drugs that are so dangerous. And so I thought, well, I'll put in like the top three high blood pressure drugs. So I went and looked on WebMD. And I had to literally do screen loads you, and screen loads. I saw loads you counting them. And screen loads, trying to count how many. They said these are just the common ones. There were 234 common drugs for high blood pressure on WebMD. 234. Something I need to say about the heart, and I've said this on other podcasts, no other organ in the body suffers quicker or faster I guess quicker and faster are the same. <laughs> then the heart, too bad nutrition, too malnutrition. Likewise, no organ in the body responds faster in correcting itself than the heart when it's given proper nutrition. Yeah. The heart turns over every 30 days, except for the valves. You have a new heart every 30 days. So why does it continue in its dysfunction state? Because it's not getting the essential nutrition that it needs. You're continuing in your dysfunctional eating state. Yeah, exactly. I, we had this patient I just loved, and um, she was really overweight. Uh, she, she was. And, but when I did her on the bomberini machine, she didn't look that unhealthy. I mean, she was super stressed, but nothing was degenerating, no drops. I mean, she looked okay. She got talked into going to a cardiologist and got on high blood pressure drugs and statins. And she was dead within two years. But worse than that is she degraded so quickly and so fast. I remember she, she used to love to just come and sit in our office and just be with us. She was so sweet, and we just enjoyed having her there. And she got to where she couldn't walk from the car to her office without just extreme, you know, I mean, she sounded like she was going to die. But that wasn't the worst part. The worst part was that her mind started going and she got really mean and she started not being herself at all. She wasn't really dementia. It was like, you know, it's like that book, The Lipitor, um, Thief of Memory. Mm -hmm. And she, she just wasn't herself and she died of a massive cardiac event. After getting on these drugs, two years later, we just saw her go just down, 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 down. And you always tell the story of your grandfather that lived to 93, and he was just super healthy, didn't, wasn't on any drugs, and he saw an advertisement for a drug on TV, and he told your dad, go get me that drug, and he did. And, and shortly thereafter, he passed away in the middle of the night. Yeah, I mean, he was 93. It could have been anything. But yeah, I mean, he wasn't running around, you know, and, and uh, boxing and worldwide wrestling, yeah. you know, but <laughs> he, he, he was dead. up and moving around and taking care of himself. Those are anecdotal stories. You I know. don't even know what the drug was, but he saw something that impressed him on a commercial, and he actually he turned to my mother and said, Give me that drug. It was your mother. Yeah, oh. she took him to a doctor. They put him on the drug. Very shortly thereafter, he so passed away. So these drugs have been shown to decrease the length of normal lifespan rather than lengthen yeah, it. Yeah, they, they, these will turn you into what's known as a cardiac invalid. They will rob you of your energy. They will decrease your libido. They will impair your cognitive function. 
and literally steal from you the remaining zest of life and for life that you once possessed. Yeah. So instead, use Cyruta Plus. That is the vitamin C on steroids that we like to call it. And use Cyruta Plus and ProtoFood together. Vitamin C is the loom that protein winds itself around to make good, strong collagenous fibers inside of you. And so the Cyruta Plus and protein in combination will rebuild your collagenous fibers. So if you do have high blood pressure, you won't die from a stroke or a heart attack if, you, if you're taking these two, at least in our opinion. I would also add in some Cardio Plus, some Evening Primrose, and some Cataplex B. And again, these are designed to give nutritional support to support the structure and function of the, of the heart. We have about six or so different protocols for the heart. On our Hypertension, website. hypotension, uh, bundle branch block, a lot of arrhythmias, different things like this that are associated with some nutritional deficiencies. So we're not treating the disease of the heart. No, we're, we're offering just, nutritional. We're just nutritional support so the heart can take care of itself. Yeah. All right, number eight. Oh, excuse me. Well, it would be number eight it of the ten. It is number eight, Yes, yeah. okay. Diabetic drugs. Da, 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 da. The big ones are metformin, of course. Um, then synthetic insulin, and we have a report that will be listed in your links. And I can't say the name of the, those two drugs. Can you say Genuvia? that? Genuvia, Genuvia Bayetta. Oh, see the cat. She was trying. Our our cat Lucy was trying to say the drugs there. <laughs> so well, there's a there's a all these newer classes of these type two uh, diabetes drugs. Genuvia Bayetta. Yeah, they kind of, and they're, I can't they're keep up on them. the class. Those are, of course, those are the the product names. the The classes of drugs. It's just like an alphabet soup. The GLP dash one, the DPP dash four, the SLGT two. Uh, those of you who take these drugs may be familiar with this kind of stuff. But what's what's important about all these new type two diabetes drugs? And I I hate to even think of type two diabetes as a disease. Type 2 diabetes is the result of food choices that you have made up to this point in time. It's just a metabolic imbalance. She's biting my foot. <laughs> yeah. She wants to play. It's, it's a metabolic syndrome. It, it, is, it is a terrible metabolic imbalance that's going on as to how your body uses sugar, mobilizes fat, and tries to deal with an overburdening processed food diet that we're on. We have a podcast number 25 called Diabetes, Amputations, and E-Harmony that you might want to go listen to if you are currently diagnosed with diabetes. And the problem, the reason we bring this up is because with all of these new classes of type 2 diabetes drugs, the possible side effects carries you know a much more somber tone. They have the same side effects. Pancreatitis, pancreatic cancer, urinary infections, thyroid cancer, gastrointestinal issues, and renal and gallbladder problems. Again, when you start taking drugs, the idea in your mind when you leave the prescribing physician's office with the drug prescription that you have on your way to the drugstore is that somehow this drug is going to make up for years of neglect and malnutrition. You know, I hear that. People say, my dad died of diabetes because he wouldn't take his medication. Yeah. I mean, I just want to scream. I mean, they really do say if he had taken his medication, he'd still be alive today. And it just boggles the mind that we don't understand the difference 
between new healing, true healing, and covering up the symptoms. So what I want to say here is kind of a play on what you just said, that if he had just taken his drugs, he would still be... I'll tell you what it is today, based on the fact that hundreds of thousands of people die every year now because of these drugs. If he hadn't taken those drugs, he would still be alive. Yeah. So you look at the possible side effects of these diabetic drugs, and it just... You know, the, the, the pancreatic re- cancer. Well, that's it. That's the primary point of controversy <laughs> right now is whether these drugs are linked to pancreatic cancer, because more look at the explosion of pancreatic cancer that's going on in this country right now. And then you look at the explosion of type two diabetes and the explosion of drugs that go with the type two diabetes. Is there a relationship? Well, that's what the FDA is looking at. Now, are these drugs safe? You know, b- despite all the side effects. Are there other, I mean, what is the most efficient and inexpensive first-line treatment for type 2 diabetes? And so they're, they're going to, what happens, and I've seen this with so many of our patients when they finally come to us, well, they tried this drug, and then they tried this one, and it, was, it helped with this, but then we had to add this one, and then we had to do this one, and then we had to double this one, cut this one in half, and they go through this hopscotch drug game trying to get their blood sugar under control. Thinking they heal. Thinking and, they heal. And if, yes, and if they would just make a big alteration to their lifestyle and their food choices within 30 days, I have seen this over and over and over again, blood sugar drop dramatically. Well, just the long-life energy enzymes um, have taken, remember those little kids that had to take the the insulin, the time-released insulin at night, or they would die they started taking the Lee enzymes and they didn't have to take that anymore. Well, there they still are had herbs to take in insulin. there. There's herbs in there that mimic the insulin, yeah. but the insulin requirement was greatly reduced. Yeah. Is that going to happen to everybody? No, I can't say that it possibly would, but it has certainly helped. I mean, it's, it's helped an awful lot of people. Yeah. The, um, Standard Process has a 10-day blood sugar support kit that um, you can, can go look at. And inside of that kit is a product called Diaplex. And this is the one supplement that I always say, if everybody took four Diaplex a day, there would be no health problems in this country. This, this supplement is jam-packed with insulation. <laughs> uh, this supplement is jam-packed with the nutrients that are just stunning. In fact, let me just read really quick. It's a proprietary blend. But the first ingredient is... Betadine hydrochloride, which is acid, which is basically Zypan. This Diaplex is basically 30% Zypan. So it will help you break down your proteins, which will help you to rebuild, which will help you to be healthier all over. That's the first ingredient. And then bovine pancreas, PMG, that's the protomorphogen of the pancreas is in there. Alfalfa, calcium lactate, dried buckwheat leaf juice, but dried buckwheat seed, dried pea vine juice, oat flour, pancreatin 3X is in there, bovine pancreas cytostol extract, magnesium citrate, bovine liver, bovine spleen, um, carrots, sweet potatoes, dried beets and beetroot, defatted wheat germ, um, bovine pituitary, bovine prostate, Did you know that was in Diaplex? Bovine kidney, enzymatically processed tilansia, so it's going to help your libido. (laughs) 
beetroot, inositol, bovine orchid extract, and a few more adrenal and liver fat extract. And flaxseed oil. I well, mean, if you take Diaplex, you don't have to take anything else. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just an amazing product. But in the blood, blood, 10-day blood sugar support, there's also some cleanse pills in there to help cleanse out your liver. Um, there's um, some SP Complete you can make in a shake. And Cataplex G... Oh, no, there's an herb, Gymnema. Yes. Which is in our Lee enzyme also. That helps stimulate... The cells in your pancreas called the Isles of Longerhand that the, produce insulin. Yeah, the beta cells. The beta cells, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this this surge... Oh, excuse me. Did you no, finish? No, I'm done. The, the, the surge in these new classes of uh, drugs to treat type 2 diabetes, this is the marketplace at work. I mean, it is fueled by this unstoppable growth of diabetes. Uh, uh, the Centers for Disease Control say there are now in this country 26 million people with type 2, which is a 10% increase in just the last three years. They say there's an estimation of about 80 million people worldwide who have prediabetes, which is defined as a little higher than normal blood sugar, but worldwide an estimated 350 million people. My diagnosed with diabetes. So obviously the drug companies are just racing to, to, to fill the growing need for these treatments. But of course the critics are saying, listen, the, these newer drugs are being rushed to market. It's just like vaccines. Vaccines aren't tested. They make a vaccine and they put it out there in the marketplace yeah. without testing it. And so this, this leaves the consumers to, to discover side effects on their own. And then over and over again, Dr. Sidney Wolf, who was founder and senior advisor for the Health Research Group at Public Citizen in a report at drugwatch.com, a good, good website. He says over and over again, when safety concerns are raised, the FDA is approving the drug and then asking the company then to do a study on its safety. <sighs> you know, so as I was saying earlier, the standard used to be, you know, prove to us it's a safe then and then then that it works. But now it's prove that it works and then come back and we'll we'll decide whether it's safe or not. So Wolf's do- uh, watchdog dog group that I just mentioned there a moment ago has a do not take list of drugs. And uh, all these newer diabetes drugs are, happen to be on that list. Wow. You so, know. But it's, it's the association of these drugs with pancreatitis and pancreatic cancer that has me the most concerned. Yeah, it's very scary. And Tom Hanks has diabetes. And, you know, his wife, I think her name is Reva. Mm-hmm. Really lovely lady. She's had breast cancer and mastectomies. And, oh, well, well just... remember, I mean, pancreatitis, you know, will come and go. But pancreatic cancer, it's a disease that has no cure and can be deadly within a year. So keep that in mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't like pancreatitis or pancreatic cancer, but there's such a natural alternative to diabetes that um, it just, it's so sad. This forbidden information has to get out there. So we're going, what we suggest that you might consider is this. 10-day blood sugar support kit. Yeah, from Standard Process. Yep. Or the Lee enzymes. Or and or. They both would be amazing. And it's just your health we're talking about. Just that little thing. Okay, number nine most dangerous drug. Antibiotics. Antibiotics. Yes. Uh, and just recently in the news, uh, I realize this podcast will be around. This is the summer of 2016. 
that this podcast has produced. Uh, recently in the news, all the warnings of superbugs, uh, the bugs that even the most powerful of antibiotics can't control anymore, uh, just the danger of walking into a hospital, let alone having hospital treatment because of what you'll pick up in there. And the three most dangerous antibiotics currently being prescribed are Leviquin, uh, Vancosin, which is vancomycin, and Bactrim. And three others, Capri, Avalox, and Floxin, can cause severe and permanent disability. Ooh. So recent, I mean, we've talked about antibiotics so often and so, well, we had a whole podcast on it how we use a scorched earth policy to completely destroy the microbiome inside of our bodies to kill an ant. Well, the leading cause of uh, these antibiotic-resistant uh, superbugs, they call them now, uh, are these antibi—it's just another class of drugs that can cause these long-term health problems without providing much of any benefit— this insanely overprescribed for conditions that often do not even respond to them. And antibiotics, by their long-term use by the medical system, has had create sometimes more infections that are much more virulent and much more untreatable than the very thing that they were going after. Well, they can cause fatal heart rhythmias. Mm-hmm. Fatal is what this report says. In 2012... The Daily Mail reported that a class of powerful broad-spectrum antibiotics called, I can't say this, fluoroquinolones. That's good, fluoroquinolones. Yeah, could cause alarming side effects, which include inflamed or ruptured tendons. Is that the weirdest thing? Yeah, the Achilles. Yeah. It, I, we, well, again, just a patient this last week was telling me about their uh, member of the family who, who suddenly in the middle of a basketball game had a ruptured Achilles tendon. I said, is he on antibiotics? They said, they don't know. But that was my first suspicion. When I read this, I've never heard of that. Inflamed or ruptured tendon. Of course, then also they they talked about chest pains, rapid heartbeat, blackouts, swelling, hot flushes. I had a a male patient the other day that's having, said he has hot flashes all the time, which I thought that was very sad. And then sweating, pancreatitis, and tinnitus. We have so many patients that complain yeah, of ringing tinnitus. In the ears. Ringing in the ears. And drive again, you I crazy. I ask them, do you have a history of antibiotics? It's, it's almost getting to the point where almost any chronic problem people are coming, uh, complaining of, are you on statins? Are you on antibiotics? Mm-hmm. Are you on hormone replacement therapy? Just standard things that I ask right off the bat. But according to Shane Ellison from the People's Chemist, It's a good website to check out this stuff. I like that website. The three most dangerous antibiotics, as I mentioned earlier, Leviquin, which is levofloxacin, uh, vancosin, which is vancomycin hydrochloride, and Bactrim, um, trimethoprim, and sulfamexosolone. Now, I'm having trouble with it. Stump the doctor. I can't believe it. Sulfamethosolone. Does it have 70, it there we go. 72 letters in it? <laughs> <laughs> it was more than I was able to handle. It's like German. So he, he also lists quinolones in the most commonly prescribed class of antibiotics uh, as dangerous as well. And antibiotics like Cipro, which is Ciprofloxacin, and Avalox, which is Moxifloxacin hydrochloride, and Floxin, 
which is ofloxacin, not only are they dangerous in an antibiotic sense of creating this bug problem, but they can create and cause severe and permanent disability. At thepeopleschemist.com, you might take a look at that. Ah. It's just, but, they, but, 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 but we had this infection. Well, there are other things that you might consider well, doing let's talk about those. before you load up on antibiotics. Okay, I have um, a couple handouts I'm putting in this podcast. Um, one is called Supplements Mary Took While Sick. Remember when I got that cold for one day? Do you yes. remember that? Yeah, I thought you were going to be down for two weeks. The way that the way that hit you. Yeah, one day. Um, but it was I was crying by evening. But then I was all better the next day. I mean, literally, I I slept until about one in the afternoon, and I woke up all better. Some of the things I took were calcium was a big one. Conjuplex. I took every. I took these every single hour. I took liquid golden seal, garlic, of course, which is a natural antibiotic. I took an herb that Standard Process has called Andagraphis and another one called Astragalus. I took both of those herbs. I also took an Echinacea Premium Liquid, which is nasty, and it makes your mouth tingle for like, I don't know, 30 minutes. There's also a really cool herb, um, St. John's Wort, which you can use for depression, but it, it breaks through the envelope. It, they call it an envelope virus. That, that That's why these antibiotics can't get into a virus or destroy a virus because they have this envelope around them. Well, St. John's wort will bust through that. Yeah, and then your own immune system can step in. Yeah, and, then they're natural killer cells. Yeah, most, most antibiotics, the reason they don't work on viruses is because a virus is a totally different creature than bacteria mm-hmm. or mold or, those, or that, that kind of stuff. Uh, what a lot of antibiotics do is it interrupts the reproductive cycle inside the cell of a bacteria or it destroys the cell wall of bacteria. It either stops it from replicating or it kills it on site because of that shell, that envelope that's on a virus. And then, and then there's still debate out there whether a virus is a plant or an animal. I, I mean, they're, they're still arguing about this. Um, it doesn't react the same way that a um, bacteria does. But it produces, it can take over a cell, a retrovirus can take over a cell and change how that cell operates by getting into the RNA, or it creates enough toxins of its own as a byproduct that become extremely dangerous to the body. So when you have some kind of a viral infection, you're going to have to do things to strengthen your own immune system because antibiotics will not work on a virus. Yeah. And yet, they keep prescribing them for well, viruses. Well, they, they'll, they'll give you the antibiotic anyway, and you say, well, Doc, it doesn't work on a virus. Yeah, yeah, but we want to make sure you don't get a secondary, secondary infection. Secondary infection. So you get the antibiotic to do the scorch earth policy of your gut, like you said <laughs> earlier, and further decrease immune response. I mean, this is has the world gone stark raving mad. Yeah, another one is another supplement that's really good to build your immune system is Thymex. In fact, the president of Standard Process says this is his favorite supplement, and he says Thymex is king. He loves it. Yes, because it stimulates the production Thym- of T cells mm-hmm. out of the thymus. The thym- well, the T cells are coming out of bone marrow, but they're educated in the thymus gland. Yeah, you taught me that. That's really fascinating. Yeah. So Thymex will just help that. Okay, the yeah. last one. Oh, my goodness, the favorite of so many people. Yes, this is a scary, this is a very dangerous drug. Sleep aids. 
I just can't sleep without my Ambien. Ambien. Those are, we're going to talk about Ambien because it's such a scary drug. But one that people take a lot of that they don't think is scary is melatonin. And it's, melatonin is actually a hormone. We should put it back up with the hormone replacement therapy. But I have so many women that are addicted to melatonin, cannot get to sleep without it, no matter what they try. And it takes forever to wean themselves off of it. But... I have patients that have successfully weaned themselves off of melatonin. So that's really good. Well, I remember one time I took it. Oh, yeah. That was our first transatlantic flight. Yeah, we took it once. I've ne- this I have was years ago. Yes, this is a long... This is Maybe a decade oh, ago. More, I think more than a decade no, ago. No, it was about a decade ago. Well, our first trip to Europe, and we were going to go to London for a week. And I had a patient back then who is a London native but was working in the Salt Lake area on contract with another business who was told about us because of some problems she was having. So she came to us, and we got to be friends. And I finally said, hey, you know, Mary and I are going to take off and go to London. Oh, you got to do this. And she told us the restaurant and all these things. She was great. And then I said, yeah, but how do you handle the sleep thing? Because I don't want to waste my time uh, sleeping getting caught up with some kind of uh, lag, jet lag, because jet lag, I've heard all about these. Oh, I, no problem. I have the answer for you. So we did something illegal. Yes. She Don't gave, tell anybody this. Yes. Yeah, she gave me one of her Ambien pills. And I wasn't as up on Ambien then as I am now. No, not at all. But I thought, okay, I'll take it. And she says, well, I said, well, when do you take it? She says, well, about an hour after you take off. And I think we left from Chicago. So that was probably a good nine-hour flight anyway. About an hour after you take off, you're going to have dinner. And after you take your dinner, because it was a nighttime flight, but she says you want to make sure you do sleep. You want complete sleep before you get there. When you fly east, you sleep. When you fly, fly west, you stay awake. So I took it about an hour after. We took it. You split it in half. You took one too? Yes. I don't remember that. You split it in half. And, of course, I'm half your size. It was bad. So after we had dinner, we split it in half and we took one. Well, we suddenly we were like, they were saying, you need to get off the plane. Well, that was you. Me, uh, about halfway through the flight, I had to go pee really bad. Oh, I I was gone. It woke me up from my sleep. I had to pee really bad. And I got up and I didn't know where I was. I, I stood up and looked around and I thought, this looks like an air. Oh, yeah. I'm on an airplane. Mary and I are on our way to London. It's really powerful. And so I went to the bathroom, took care of my business there, and then and then I I could barely walk. Now I'll wake I'll wake up once anyway a night to go to the bathroom. Sometimes twice, depending on if I had a lot of drink before I went to bed. And um, but this was something else. I had to hold on to each seat. I'm looking around the the cabin there. People are all wrapped up in blankets. It's dark. And I, and I knew I was on a plane. I knew what was going on. But I could barely get myself back to my seat, strapped in. And then, like you said, the next thing, we, we missed breakfast. The next thing we know, we're, we're on approach to Gatwick Airport. And then what happened for the next day and a half or so? Well, we, we went, we got off, stumbled somehow, and got to our hotel. And we said, well, we're just going to take a little nap. And it was early in the morning, and we're like, we'll take a little nap, and then we'll go out and see the sights. Oh, we were right next to Hyde Park. Yeah, we were first gonna... time we've been in Europe. So we took a nap, and 
that was all that was it. she wrote. Yeah, we were gone all day and all night the next night. We woke up the next day. Yeah. It was unbelievable. The and then power. we were still groggy. Yeah, the power behind this. Now, I don't think we should have told that. And because you're not supposed to take other people's prescriptions. There's a reason for that. <laughs> so yeah, think, she wasn't even a nurse. I think it was, <laughs> I think it was really illegal. Well, it so was, learn from our mistakes. Yes, it was discovered that about four percent of U.S. adults aged twenty or older, which tabulates in a current population about eight point six million people in this country, have used a prescription sleep aid within the last month. And additionally, ours was the last decade. <laughs> a shocking one in six adults with a diagnosed sleep disorder. And one in eight adults with reported sleeping problems admit to taking, on a regular basis, prescription sleep aids. And what's surprising, this is William Martyr, who is the senior vice president and general manager of the healthcare business of Thomson Reuters, reported this to the New York Times, said this, What's surprising is how rapidly sleeping pill use is growing among the young. Now, of course, who cares? If a sleeping pill helps you to get your sleep... What difference does it make? Well, the reason is that it's it's so problematic, of course, is that sleeping pills are not safe and they can actually kill you. Kill you. Ambien, for instance. Commonly, the Ambien users commonly report erratic behavior, amnesia, sleep driving, and other kinds of dangerous activities. I have some report here, but I'm not going to get into it because this is already too long, of case studies of different people who took an Ambien and they woke up in the middle of the night, got dressed, got in their car, and went driving, were arrested for a DUI, didn't wake up until the next morning while they were in jail, and remembered nothing that happened from the time they went to bed at home till the time they woke up in jail. This is happening more and more and more. Well, I have to, we have to say, we've been to Europe a few times since then. In fact, we just went this Christmas, went to Switzerland. Yes. And we, of course, don't use Ambien, and we use Mintran, remember? Yes. Mintran and Cataplex G, which we're going to talk about in, in the end of this section, um, and had, have had no problems um, but you were going to say something about the British Medical Journal. Well, the, a study that was published in 2012 said that people who take prescription sleeping pills regularly regularly are nearly five times more likely to die within two and a half years from the time they start taking them wow. compared to people who do not take these drugs. Wow. Another study, maybe remember the big study that we've talked about before, the all-cause mortality, mm-hmm. that, that in this other study... Um, those who receiving a prescription for Ambien who take less than 18 doses a year. A year. 18. 18 doses a year. That would be like, what, one every three weeks or so. Took less than 18 a year were associated with an increased all-cause mortality risk. And those who had more than 132 doses a year. How? What was the percentage of all-cause mortality? Is eight hundred percent? Eight hundred percent. And they have a significant increase risk for cancer. What's all-cause mortality? All reasons for, for dying. Any getting hit by a meteorite for Pete's sake. Well, kind being of. run over by a herd of bulls. <laughs> I think it's for health problems. No, no. All-cause mortality <laughs> is all-cause oh, mortality. Oh, maybe getting in a car and driving when you're asleep. Because they aren't aware. Yeah, could be. 
Well, they walk across the street and they get, you know, how many people that got hit by walking across the crosswalk in a busy area with stoplights, cross monitors, everything else, they still just walk out in the middle of traffic and get hit. Well, do you, Were they on Ambien? Well, do you remember when, you know, they, they drive on the other side of the road in England. I prefer rem- to call it the wrong side the of the road. The wrong side of the road. And remember, we went out that next morning when we finally woke up and we went out and got something to eat. Yes. And I almost got killed. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, would, I walked out in the street and they have big signs everywhere because they know these stupid Americans go over there and don't look. And it says, look right, look right. I mean, they're like huge in the road. Look right. And there was one there in the road. And I just go walking right across the road and this car... Yeah, you're expecting somebody to be coming from the left. No, they're coming from the right on your side of the well, road. Well, I wasn't aware. No. I, even though it hadn't, they had big words everywhere, I wasn't there. And it said, look right. And I just walked out into the road in that car. I remember he yelled at me. Oh, yeah. It, oh, it was a cabbie. It was a cabbie. And, he, and the window was down. He was blowing the horn and yeah. yelling at us. And I almost got hit. I mean, it was with... Within a foot, and I think he yelled stupid American, but I'm not yanks. sure. <laughs> stupid yanks. Something like that. So you're right. That, that could have That's caused That's where that. the all-cause mortality, I think, comes in because they are sleep driving, sleepwalking, sleep living. I was, and I had not slept completely a aware. long time. It kills the libido, it kills initiative, and it kills you. Yeah. And that's if you take, and this study said, if you take more than 132 doses which would be, I don't know, one every three days. Yeah, not even there every night. There are people night. who take it every night. I know. And their chances of being killed for any reason increased by 800%. Very dangerous drug. So instead, we would recommend you taking Mintran, which has natural tranquilizing minerals in it, thus the name Mintran, and Cataplex G. Cataplex G is, are the B vitamins that calm you down. So... Whenever I have a night where I'm just hyper-stressed or thinking about so many things or upset... We've had that recently with the development of the new website and always rushing to try and get a podcast done on time. You've been very stressed. There, yeah, and a lot of other different reasons. Sometimes you lay in bed and you just think and think and think and you can't go to sleep. It doesn't happen very often. Truly, it doesn't. I'm so thrilled with how easily I fall asleep now. I, it used to be my prayer my whole life, this last thing, please help me to fall asleep quickly because <laughs> I never could fall asleep. And now I just nod right off, but occasionally I don't. I will take Mintran. I'll take about six Mintran and about six Cataplex G, and so I'll throw in some Zypan to help break them down quickly. Um, sometimes I'll throw in Lee enzymes to help break them down also. And it is always the last thing I remember. Always. The last thing I remember is like, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't remember struggling after that. It was, that's the last thing I remember was taking the Mintran and the Cataplex G. Now, saying that, that's not going to take the place of Ambien if you've been oh, hooked no. on Ambien for five no, years. No, you've got to have medical help to yeah. get off of that. Yeah, and it doesn't take the place of melatonin, but I have had people get off of melatonin using that. Yes. And it just as a slow, you decrease as you up, you know, increase your... Mintran and Cataplex G. Ambien, I would, I'm sorry. Well, I would just also recommend Valerian Complex yes. too from MediHerb with Standard Process. That's a it's a calm, it's it's a natural Valium kind of. I should say this. I should have said this at the end of the last podcast. I'll certainly say at the end of this one because these two podcasts go together. The ten most dangerous drugs, part one and two, is that with the cessation of any of these drugs, you've got to do it with the oversight of your prescribing physician. You don't just stop these dangerous drugs because sometimes 
just stopping them cold turkey because you get this idea that they're dangerous. Well, they are dangerous, and you should stop them. No, you don't do that. You do this under the guise and watchful eye of your prescribing physician because sometimes stopping these suddenly can be more dangerous than the effect of taking it. Yeah, I mean, if you can't get to sleep, you know, you've got to slowly, slowly get off Mambium. And and especially things like Prozac that we talked about in yeah, the last podcast. Yeah, you process. don't just stop that. No, 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 no. That's when homicide rates go up if you stop. You should take a year to get off Prozac. A year. If you've been on it for a long time, that's true. It is so true. scary. The suicide and homicides go up dramatically if you stop that. Culture. Now, there's all the time I, I, I've talked to people who said, no, no, Dr. Stockwell, I just quit it. I just decided I wasn't going to take it anymore, and I just quit a cold turkey and nothing happened. Not Prozac. They, they were, the, oh, yes. You I've, had people? I've had people tell me that oh. with that Celexa, Seroquel, some of these other very dangerous drugs. And I said, well, I don't recommend that. Mm-hmm. You've got to talk to your doctor about this. And a lot of doctors will do everything they can to help you get off these things. That's, yeah, I so, think that's really good. But they won't support you nutritionally. So that's what we are recommending. As a nutritional support behind your efforts with your doctor to deal with these 10 dangerous drugs. So that that's why we have recommended nutritional support with these 10 dangerous drugs, not to take the place necessarily, but not to, at all. to help to support you nu- nutritionally. Yes. All right. So that'll do it. Yeah, that's the 10. Um, today we talked about hormone replacement, HRT, high blood pressure drugs, diabetic drugs, antibiotics, and sleep aids. So very, very dangerous drugs to take. And um, again, consult with your physician of choice to try and wean yourself off of these. So, so. by now you should have all received your username and password to get on our new forbidden website. And remember, there's 700-plus forbidden protocols on there. So you can go in and type in your symptom um, or your malady or your disease or whatever you want, and it will come up with nutritional support to help you through that problem that you're having. So you're now free to treat yourself. Make sure you consult with your doctor of choice, of course, but go to our website, sign in, and... Gan- take a gander around. It's it's forbidden protocols you have not been able to know. These have been forbidden for you to even read before, and we're putting them out there in a patient-doctor relationship where you can read about the different protocols yes. that can help. Now, we're not offering these to treat or cure anything. These are there simply to provide your body with the nutritional elements that are necessary for proper balanced function of your body, which sometimes imbalance of the metabolism in the system, imbalance inside the endocrine system, imbalance in nervous system, uh, elimination, digestive, all these different things can lead to what is diagnosed as a disease when it may be nothing more than just a nutritional deficiency. So that's all we're doing is offering nutritional support for these things for over, what did you say, Mm -hmm. 700-plus maladies? Mm -hmm. They're alphabetically listed, and they're also in groups of symptoms, or you can just type in the malady you think you have. So this is just the beginning of ripping a hole in the universe, setting you free from needing permission to think, permission to be healed, permission to live healthy. Welcome to the future of healing. And And that'll do it. That'll do it. We'll see you next week. See you next week. week.
Thanks for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast with Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. It's our pleasure to join you on your health revolution and look forward to our quest for health together. Join us again next week for more health secrets and forbidden truths about self-healing. Until then, visit ForbiddenDoctor.com and enter your email to receive a special coupon for the Forbidden Doctor special scientific formula, our long-life energy enzymes. This custom-made one-capsule supplement is created from the most concentrated energy-stimulating enzymes. For more information, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com. These podcasts are provided for information only. The previous statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Nothing that was said is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.